Welcome to Probably Science. I don't know when this is out. I'm out of town right now. I think it's uh, December by the time people are listening to this. Oh, yeah? yeah? We're going to be behind on some stuff. I'm sitting across from Matt Kirshen. Hey, Jesse. Hey, man. Who's this Who's this guy over here? Is that Andy Wood? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, hey, Andy Wood. Good to see you guys. Hey, good to see you, too. How you doing? Uh, good. December's treating me well, I You're bet. You're looking Christmassy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah it's, very, it's very festive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm having a good December so far, too. Uh, yeah, uh, won those scratch off tickets. That's exciting. Awesome. Yep. Yep. We all made it through the invasion. Mm-hmm. We did. So that was cool. That we comet, did. That comet induced invasion. Yeah, the comet yeah. induced invasion. But the world peace that happened because of the alien contact. That I think was, was nice. That's one that of my favorite nice. world pieces. Little. No, it was a good world peace. It's been it's been what fifty years since we had one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When do you think the last time was that there actually was world peace? The Pax Romana. Like. A, was that right. would that have been world peace like universal world peace though? Or, I mean, well, anytime I, people I, say world peace, they mean white people world peace. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm serious. Like there have been times of like world peace, but it's still it's very like Anglo centric. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, there's always was, people just killing each when other. When was the last time? And I think you'd have to go back to maybe like many thousands of years BC. Dude, like what what would be the point at which you would kind of go like right now there is no one killing anyone? All right, let even 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 biblically. You have Adam and Eve. And then right away murders. Right away. One of their kids murders another one. Right. Right. Four people down to three. And then somehow they kept somehow going. Somehow they kept I mean, we'll the species. Ignore it. We'll yeah. ignore the... Let's, let's not go into that too deeply. Hey, do we have a guest, guys? We do. We totally do. <laughs> What's going on? We What's totally on have here? a... We have Can an I awesome talk guest. now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the voice take of... The, take the tape I off. I chime in on world peace, so then I realized no one knows I'm here. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. Take the duct tape off. Um, Sweet. We'll let her talk. That's uh, how we, do, we duct tape our guests before. Yeah. That is the voice of Alison Hazlip. That is. Yeah. G4 for- presenter, at- yes. formerly attack of the show, actress, yeah. presenter, general, all-around great so person. It's so funny because we, we call it host, but you're British, so yeah, we call it a presenter. Point. Presenter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That always are makes you- me feel like I'm just giving people presents. I, are you <laughs> British, Matt? I am British. That's Surprise! One of my things. Oh. Sorry, I know we've been doing this podcast for a while, but it's about time I came out to you guys. I'm saying yeah. terrible I am a British. I, ahead of it. Wow. Yeah, this is a shocker. I'm going to have to reevaluate some stuff now. Yeah. But yeah, host of attack of the show. Yeah. Presenter of British things, maybe sometimes. I did work in London a couple times. What so did you do? I guess that would make me a presenter. Totally. Um, I did a bunch of uh, shoots for Nerdist out there when that was a TV show, oh, um, yeah. and then I covered the World Free Running Championship. Oh, out there. You, what's, we what's know that? it as parkour. Yeah, parkour. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Or I guess the French know it as parkour. We know it as free running. Yeah. For some reason. I I really hate running into a parkour person though. <laughs> Very annoying. <laughs> You're like on a coffee shop patio and someone's practicing their parkour. Oh. Fuck off. I was going to say, I don't think you could actually run into yeah, one because yeah. I feel like they're so they agile. Yeah. They just like flip out of the way well, No, that, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like I've, there have been several times on like a coffee shop patio when a, a guy just comes and break dances on my table and then leaps off to something else. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Not really. What, what yeah. kind of coffee shops do you hang out at? Parkour places, yeah, parkour hangs. Is this this is the parkour and porn star coffee place, isn't it? Is this down on, on Ventura? Parkour, parkour and porn. porn? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh. double P, dog. The double P. Yeah, he sees a lot of porn people and I guess parkour people. Well, it. we live around all the porn. Right. Yes. Um. Anyway. North Hollywood. Yeah. That's right. Don't give away our location. <laughs> sorry. We, we did Actually, that's give... not even the right location, to be fair. So People people claim this neighborhood doesn't exist. When I give the address as Valley Village, they're like, no, it shows up as Sherman Oaks. I'm like, no, this is Valley Village. Yeah. Like, it is a you, thing. You drive past a Valley Village sign yeah. to yeah. get yeah. here. It's so. a real thing. And there's all but, the villagers going about their village business. Yeah. There's the well in the center. And we're obviously in a valley. Yeah. Yeah. So. Obviously, there's the, there's the cobbler. 
There's a there's a blacksmith, a yep. baker, mm-hmm. a Cooper, a Fletcher, a, a Fletcher. Good what call. Is a Cooper. He makes barrels. Really? Yeah. Fletchers make bows Fletcher's and a, arrows or arrows. I thought I a Fletcher I, was a leather guy. No, Fletcher's arrows, I think. Yeah, I oh. think I did know that. I, I can't remember what leather Cooper. is. What's the leather guy? I don't know. Uh, uh well, I call him David. Okay. Sure. That's that's your leather guy? <laughs> that's my leather guy. We all need to be defined by his work. Yes, you know? it's all of a sudden smell like something's on fire, or am I having a stroke? Does anyone else smell smoke? That might be that could be the the fault of our garage, which uh, oh. Jesse and I have been, it's our, our latest project is taking on the garage, which is full of like 60 years of craziness. Um, hoarding. Hoarding. How do you guys have stuff from sixty from the 60s? Well, the house is 100 years old and oh. the landlords and their family have owned it for, I'm sure, at least 50 or 60 sure. at that time. What's this piece of paper in front of you there, well, Andy? We, we keep hearing stories about all the crazy things that have happened in this house. Supposedly, um, they used to have parties like uh, Marilyn Monroe is, has a picture of her in the pool. Supposedly, we haven't oh, wow. seen it yet. Um, it was like a meeting place for McCarthy era Hollywood communists, and and then we've heard this a long time too. But I didn't really believe it until I found this letter uh, that Tony Hawk lived here in the eighties because his mom was dating our landlord. Oh, I like guess. when he was young, Tony Hawk. Yeah, young so Tony we found Hawk. we just young found upstart. this. Uh, here's a contract, like a letter from a law firm signing him uh, with them. I'm sure it's like a sports law agency. I'm also sure this is like a federal what? offense. Whatever yeah. <laughs> to be going through mail. <laughs> oh, I opening, probably shouldn't say the name of the law firm. Opening just Tony Hawk's mail. Uh, yeah. Tony Hawk. Yeah, look Dated at that. Dear Tony, this letter is to welcome you as a client of the law firm and to confirm our discussion regarding your engagement of our firm. Amazing. Hey, Tony, if you're listening to this, come get your mail, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have. We've had it since 1988. Well, I've taken it upon myself to start throwing things away, even though yes. uh, most of the stuff doesn't belong to me, because it's just, it's like the show Hoarders, and when the drunk guy in the pool house sees us going through things, he starts to flip out and be like, well, what are you, uh, what are you trying to do this for? What are you, and I'm like, are you trying to defend this? It's it's horrible. We'll I'm show sorry, you. do you have a drunk guy in a pool house here? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't aware explain. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a pool house back there with a drunk guy in it? Yep, and you can go back to it right now. Everyone that moves to the valley, you're issued a drunk guy in a pool house. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> it's one it. of the things. It's oh, like a homeowner association deal. Speaking of him, we found some of his pictures from the 70s, and oh my God. If that guy he, was beautiful. He, he If he was my friend right now at that age, he would be the most good looking person I know. Really? Yeah. So handsome. Kind of bumps me out, He's going to walk by. A little insulting. A little insulting, but sure. Like a better looking Eric Bana. Yeah, it's amazing. Ooh. And now and now it's come to this. Wait, there already so. is a better looking Eric Bana. Who's the who's the guy everyone confuses with Eric Bana all the time that's better looking? I don't know. Justin yeah. Bartha? No, there's a guy everyone confuses with Eric Bana. I honestly can't picture Eric Bana right now, so I need to look him up. The first Hulk movie that didn't do that well? Right. Or did Hold it do on. well? It was and a also good movie. star of um his very first movie was The Castle, which is still my right. go to favorite comedy film to recommend anyone. Every oh. Every Australian listener right now will be like, yeah, obviously, because everyone in Australia has seen it, but most non-Australians haven't. It's a really lovely family comedy, and it's great. I will check it out. Eric Bana's uh, first movie. Fun fact, his last name is actually Bonadinovic. Oh. Bonadinovic. Eric yeah. Bonadinovic. It's a little little too ethnic yeah. to be a superstar. Also, just incredibly difficult to say. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm Jesse Case Dinovic, and so I have to shorten it to Case. <laughs> Uh, knows that. Speaking of your castle recommendation, Matt. Yep. We're going to put castle up the show. Is that what you just talked no, about? No, the, ca- the castle is a film. It's oh. it's about this small um, Australian family who live next to an airport, and suddenly they find their houses threatened with repossession for an airport expansion, and they start fighting it. Nothing of this sounds like it involves a castle. Uh, 
The idea being a man's home which is his castle. castle. That's wow. that's the premise for it. That sounds like a film. It is a film. <laughs> sure. Totally a film. Sure. That doesn't sound like but a flick. I have a, f- a movie. Yeah. I have a flick oh, limit. Oh, it's a great no, no, no. It's a great, who, great comedy film. It's yeah, really fun. Yeah, I have fun. a friend who, whenever we watch, we we decide to like watch a movie together. She's like, okay, is this a movie or is it a film? <laughs> I need to know what I'm in for. No, no this is definitely a movie. Yeah. This is a, this is a. It's, it's kind of like a. Like calling it a gentle comedy does it a disservice because that makes it sound not funny. It's really funny. I haven't even t- heard the really term gentle comedy. A gentle comedy? comedy? <laughs> you know, like sort of like it's so like, like a gentle fuck. Is that what it's like? <laughs> like well, no, like a gentle hey, comedy. Baby, like tonight's some- for you. Something, <laughs> a, something a rude boy would watch. A gentle comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, l- listen, it's a good film. I think it's on Netflix. What's a gentle comedy? Like just kind just of like soft, uh, like not dark. It's like not a dark comedy, not a hard. Edge. It's not like Bridesmaids or something like, which is blatantly comedy, right? A gentle comedy would would that be like uh, Princess the Bride? Agent? Ooh, no, Princess that's like Bride. A, no, no. Yes. That's yeah. kind of a rom com. But it, but no, I think it's it's but, definitely but a gentle rom com. Yeah, it's super funny as you wish and really nice as you wish. <laughs> it has heart. That's what I'm saying. It's a comedy that has heart. Inconceivable. <laughs> um, hey, Allison. Yes. We'd like to ask all of our guests this. Okay. Um. Do you, do you have a science background? Any sort of science background? Uh, I mean, like, officially? No. No, anything, anything you enjoyed? Um, any classes you particularly took to or anything like that? Well, I did, I did really well in chemistry and physics in school. Okay, um, that's cool. I, I went to all of those, you know, like, the, the physics Olympics and things oh, cool. like that. I was a super nerd. I don't know why I said was. I am a super nerd. Um, but probably the most exciting science thing that I have is that I went to space camp for four years. Four, four years. Four years. You won every Legends of the Hidden Temple yeah. contest. <laughs> exactly. you, you won every <laughs> every Nickelodeon show I yeah. could possibly be yeah. on. <laughs> Blue Barracudas. Yes. <laughs> Just constantly uh, racking up those I space camps. New. I went one year, but I didn't know there was more. There was did more you go to, to Huntsville, do. Alabama? I did go to Huntsville. That's the Alabama. hardcore space camp. Is that show. where you went? Yeah. Oh yeah. What yeah, you, yeah. do you remember approximately? Which what years? Or is oh that yeah, I went um nine ninety. No, wait, hold on. That would make me too young. Wait, when did I go? I don't remember. I went, um, my, I basically went every summer from in between eighth grade and freshman year of high school through junior to senior year of high school. I so I was could... old enough to know that I was being incredibly nerdy by going to space camp. I get it. Did yeah. you? I okay, it. I, I talked I about this Thurman's in, in high school. Episode. That's amazing. No, it's not. <laughs> um, no, it's not. You have time to build Thurman's when you're alone at lunch. Um, <laughs> Wait, what, what were you asking? Did I have time? Was that also like all the bullies could hear you coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could. The, cl- the closer they got, I, heard, I would hear a high pitched noise. So creepy. My uh, first job was building thermons. Excellent. <laughs> Congratulations! Jesse, you will join the family trade, or you will get out of this house. Now get the most, back to the thermon The most workshop. who gives a shit. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> Excellent. Congratulations. Anyway, uh, now to talk about anything else. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say I mentioned this on a past episode. I went to space camp, yes. uh, but it was yes. space camp and not space academy. Oh, see, I, w- I yeah, I went to space academy. A, right. So well, I went to, to space do... camp the first year, and then it was space academy the other three years. See, I felt like it was a bait and switch because camp is what you see the ads for. There's the right. spinny chair, but the spinny chair isn't at camp. It's only at the academy. Oh, really? Did you get to do the spinny chair? Oh, I totally chair? did the spinny chair. Yeah. That's all I absolutely. wanted. Was just I mean, sp- I went so much that my last year there, there were counselors there who were like, why are you coming back? Like, What, <laughs> what, are you what else can this? we teach you? Yeah. And I was like, I just want to be here. I love it so much. I love dry ice cream. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of that. I went back to visit last summer because I shot a film in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. You shot so a film I did, or a movie? No, a movie. Okay. A horror movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a horror and, film. And I had a day off and I, I drove out to Huntsville and went to go visit space camp. Oh, and nice. now they have a Dippin' Dots machine and uh, it is the coolest. Wow. I was like, why wasn't this here when I was at Space Camp? Is it all 
is Space Camp full of things that claim they're NASA technology, like just Tempur-Pedic mattresses and like Dippin' Dots? <laughs> no. Upside down pens. I mean, the yeah. thing is, is that Tang. Space Camp isn't actually like connected with NASA. I think NASA just um, donates and supports to it, but it's not actually a NASA okay. Property, I guess you would. Yeah, say. wasn't it? I remember there was tons of branding by all the yeah. various like defense contracting yeah, companies, like JPL, Boeing, and, like, like they're uh, all McDonald there. McDonald Douglas and or yeah, yeah, all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. But did you do like most of what I did was just um, bureaucratic? Like we had to do a shuttle mock thing yeah. that was just reading through this binder of instructions. Well, that's if you were in mission control. But either way, if you no, were in the shuttle. You got to do cool stuff. But no matter what, there was no actual simulator. There was no video screen technology. It was all just like, here's a mock-up of the control panel itself. Yeah. Here's what you're supposed to do. Once you flip this, then you say you flipped it. Someone else acknowledges that you said you flipped it. Right. It was just like learning how to follow procedures. Well, I mean, to be quite honest, that's what it going is. into space is. I know, but like, <laughs> you're really kids, just following procedures. But kids don't want to have to learn that at, at no, age but then, 10. The, then your your counselors would throw anomalies at you, and you had to figure out how to solve them. Mm. I don't so, think that happened in camp. Oh, that was probably an academy. See, in academy, thing. you actually do a 12-hour mission, like continuously. Oh, wow. And for the first... Six out, basically like half of your team is in mission control and half is in the shuttle and the um, International Space Station because we had mock-ups of them. And for the Wait, first, that didn't exist when I went to space. Camp. Oh yeah. Um, and then you went through six hours, and then after six hours, you flip teams. So everyone was in mission control at one point, and everyone was in the space shuttle and the, okay. and the International Space Station. That's good because it's important to learn all the skills. Yes, exactly. For when you actually go, in, <laughs> for, for when, when a robot for, accidentally launches you into space, then for you when know. You do it. Was that yeah. the plot of the movie? I didn't see the movie. Oh yeah, you've never seen. You've I know. Gone I know. I haven't seen, seen the space, space camp. I thought the space camp movie was great. I mean, it's nothing like the movie. I'll be honest. It's not the spinny chair you go in in the movie. She can like control it, and it's like that's how she learns to be a pilot. You don't control oh, it no, in actual it's... space camp. You just sit in the chair and try not to puke. Did you do any stuff in? <laughs> well, yeah, isn't there a... like a um a, a water? T- a, There's a, pool, a dive tank. A dive tank. A dive tank. Yeah, yeah, I got scuba certified because oh, that's wow. that's how they train astronauts to deal with weightlessness. The closest thing we can do to simulate that on Earth is to be underwater. By the way, a technique promoted and pioneered by Buzz Aldrin. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was his. I think I don't know whether that was his idea or whether he was the one who was like really pushed for it at NASA. Yeah. during the Apollo. It program. makes a lot of sense. But yeah, they taught us. We had to like learn how to scuba dive, and then they put us in the suits and like the astronaut suits, not like scuba suits. And yeah. then you go underwater and you like you know, quote unquote, fix a satellite while you're under there. Lesson learned. Kids, uh, wait till you're old enough to go to the Academy. (laughs) Don't waste your time on the camp. It's awesome. And Academy is also like 10 days or two weeks while camp is only like five or six days. Did you have some space romance with some uh, fellow Space Academy? Um, Oh, you had to. Well, what was kind of awesome was that... uh, Take a look at the old Saturn V, you know what I'm saying? I (laughs) I think it was my third year I was there was, you know, like when we were all like growing into ourselves because we we're finally like juniors or sophomores in high school or what this is whatever that was sure um and at so space filling camp, out that jumpsuit spa- yeah exactly space camp <laughs> slash academy <laughs> is right next door to aviation challenge which is where cool kids went to learn how to be in top gun oh, yeah which is awesome so like aviation challenge was like just full of hot dudes and then space in, camp was in, like nerdy guys and a few chicks and like right. that's what it was and so one time at lunch we shared the same cafeteria a goose caught your eye no so me <laughs> kind of me and a couple girls were just uh, like just playing there having volleyball. lunch and like a group of aviation challenge guys walked over to us and sang you've lost that loving feeling and we oh were like god. yeah no oh joke the whole cafeteria and i was like this is the greatest moment of my life wow <laughs> that's the lamest and coolest that thing. is the lamest thing oh, it's amazing we all exchanged numbers and sure. took pictures and sure stuff. I you didn't where make out with now. anybody at i don't think these... i did make out with anyone wow. at space camp even though you were uh, well if it was full on top gun then that there's the level of homoerotic 
tension there. Yeah, right. Did well, they play volleyball shirtless? Well, there might as well just be Top Gun school or or like space. Why why not why not like space movie camp? Because like you have a way better. More people have played astronauts than have been astronauts. So it's more realistic to do space movie camp. Study how to be an actor who's going to portray an astronaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or go to go to like uh, medical film school. You know what I mean? And just learn. <laughs> learn like, I need three words. cc's of morphine ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> like just learn that stuff and run those drills. You know. You know the tip I would give is like write your lines on that clipboard. Oh, God, I've done that. I've oh, totally yeah. done that. Really? Like I, I shot the show Battleground a couple years ago, and my character always carried an iPad with her, and every once in a while had really like technical jargon I had to say the script was just right on my ad- iPad and Perfect. I would just tap it like I looked like I was typing something I do the same thing every yeah, time like reading it every yeah. time I have had like a bit part just in some sitcom or something they always wonder why I'm in a Daft Punk helmet and <laughs> I, I have to do it I have my I have the little index cards in there there you go yeah. and uh, do you think my guy my character should be wearing Google Glass I feel <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I feel like to explore this he should be in a French robot helmet <laughs> I would also just play where's my water a lot like if I wasn't like a major part of the scene and I'm that, just sitting off to the side I'd just be playing where's my water until that, what's, what's that came up with Emily Gordon. Where's my water? Don't look at me like I'm a dick. What is it? We just discussed it last week on the podcast. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? It's like the greatest fun iPad game. Yeah, it's a little alligator who lives in the Sawyer, the Sawyers, the sewers is what I meant to say. Okay. Um, And you have to like clear out dirt and stuff to get the water to him so he can take a shower. He's like, where's my water? We did talk about it in the Emily Gordon episode. It's like it's a bit like Lemmings, the sort of game where you have to clear it. You have to create. Okay. A, yeah. She so compared. You described spirits, and then she compared this. To yes, spirits, I remember now. I, I remember. I've done my homework now since that episode. I've I've played almost every game that I can with the consoles that I have. Did you get there. spirits? I got spirits. What I do you won, think of it? I won Limbo already. Limbo is amazing. Limbo's amazing. Oh, Limbo's yeah. one of the best games out there. I, I had to look. It. I had so to look for. Good. I had to look for help on two things. Uh, I'm not proud of that, but uh, yeah. Did you find that. all the eggs? No, I'm not going to go back and find all that. I found two of the. The what are they, the glowworms or whatever? Not oh, the, the glowworms are the zombies. The glowworms make you like switch yeah. direction. Yes, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was awesome. I love that. No, the uh, physics of that game yeah, is it's, it's so cool. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. That was a recommendation because I like Braid. She was like, "You should play," or maybe you said, "I should play Limbo." But yeah, yes, I, I, I recommend Limbo to everyone. I just I just like um, realistic physics in the sense of like. If you're playing like a side scroller like that, you think like Mario can jump like 30 feet from right. a platform to a platform and not die, but this yeah. kid just breaks his legs. Yeah, he's so weak. Yeah. It's like, but it's like a realistic thing. Oh my gosh, thing. how many times do you die? Spider, I mean, I died like 20 so times in the first five minutes of playing this game. Like a machine yeah. gun will cut you in half. Yeah. Like the spider, when the spider spikes through your, oh. your oh. chest, that's like Ooh. the worst. Brutal. I hated it. And then when yeah. you finally, like, you're tearing off the spider's legs, it's so yeah. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of recommendations, yes. we, we wanted to do this thing for the holidays. Um, if you go to probablyscience.com and click on Shop Amazon, we're going to have a list of Probably Science endorsed gift items. Uh, yeah. Books by past to... guests. And, what are you getting me? Ooh, maybe um, the Chris Hadfield book, You Are Here. Is that what it's called? Oh. That's not a bad. Photos from Space. Possibly the book about Brian May's guitar. We haven't had him on yet, but I feel like this is a, a well, let's force it. vision board sort of thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. sure. Um, maybe we'll get you one last season at space camp. <gasps> I'm not joking. I've really wanted to go back and do adult space camp. I've been trying there's to get like, version? oh yeah, there's adult space camp. Oh my God. Yeah. Guys, well, that's guys, just, that makes it sound porny. We, but, no, yeah. no, it's just LARPing at this point. Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> adult space this camp. This is doable. We could kickstart this. I, I want to like do it like as a reality show, like a one-off thing. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like I go back to space camp with like two of my friends who have never been to space camp and like we try to survive like a, space camp. It's like a Billy Madison plot. Like I never yeah. took space camp seriously. <laughs> Yes. Now I want to redo Space Camp. 
I took 69. Space Camp. <laughs> I took Space Camp very seriously. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. When you yeah. went back to visit, when you were filming out there, yeah. were there some of the same instructors and no. was it like the principal no, was there going like, Alison, what are you doing back here? Most of the instructors were like the college kids from, because you know, there's a bunch of colleges in Alabama and I right. think they would just spend their summers in Huntsville teaching there. So I would hope that a lot of them went off and graduated. Although I do remember having one counselor for two years who was probably like, 26 or 27 mm. which at the time when you're a 14 15 year old girl you're like he's fucking hot yeah. and then like looking back i'm like that's kind of creepy <laughs> why were you teaching camp well i i think we've discussed this possibly off air though how we all remember in high school as men as young men there would be like sophomores like uh 15 16 year olds and they would just have some 23 year old boyfriend which is illegal oh, but was, no one yeah. but no one said anything yeah. But it's also this weird idea that when you're that young, uh, it's really easy to be impressed by someone like thinking like that's a grown up. Like, oh, yeah, basically someone like a 26 year old who has their own car and is like a shift manager at Pizza Hut. You're like, well, obviously that's like marriage material. That yeah. guy has it together. This is the man I have to be with for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, he's in a, he can buy me beer. He's a grown up. When, when I was 19, I dated a. 28 year old and I know this is a slightly different age range but like still a pretty big age gap and then when I finally turned 28 I was still friends with this guy I like hit him up I was like what were you thinking yeah. I don't even want to be around 19 year olds let alone date them now yeah, yeah. you were hot and I'm like really like this this makes me rethink everything about our relationship. Wow! Yeah, it's like when I, when I saw those girls with the older guys when I was the girls' age, I was like, God damn, these older guys they get to do this kind of stuff. I can't wait till I'm that age. But when I got to that age, I'm like, No, I just want to date people my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not you a crazy. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing when you you had friends that had the cool parents, like they drink with us and smoke <laughs> pot, and then you're like, That was really oh, weird. Losers, yeah. Yeah. total losers, <laughs> not cool parents. They need to be yeah. validated by teenagers. <laughs> That's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the fascinating thing when I got older, realized like. Teachers are still as uh, they care as much about being cool as like, teachers are still people. Yeah. yeah, teachers who would just like treat the cool kids better because they wanted the cool kids to think they were cool. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely had a teacher when I like I think eighth grade, and he was like the young teacher. Like he had literally just graduated and sure. this was his first teaching job, and he was like super cute and like he and I got along so well, and he had nicknames for me. And I've gone back and like read in my yearbook like things he signed to me, and I'm like, mm. did he have a crush on me? Is sure. this weird? Like sure. I'm sure I'm yeah. reading into it a little too much, and I just want my ego to be. Well, it is weird. Like a teacher could have a crush on me. No, it is weird for him to draw dick pics, like in your. I know, so weird. In your yearbook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of May December relationships, guys, Charles Manson. Yeah, how about that, science? I really wanted you to say speaking of dick pics, but okay, cool. Speaking of dick pics, Charles 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 Manson. Manson. Yeah. Uh, Tying the knot. No conjugals, though. They're not allowed. Not allowed conjugals. Then what's the point? I mean, that was just in the news in in the article about. Well, if you are, uh, if you have a life sentence. Um, you're not allowed what they call family visits, mm-hmm. which is a conjugal. So no sex will happen. Interesting. Um, so he's I guess he's not doing it for that. Apparently she she'll have more access to his records and stuff now, like oh. his like family records because she's trying to plead for his that innocence. Guy must be the most oh, wow. charming motherfucker yeah, in the right? world. Like how have you? Have I you want to s- be your trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just charming. No, dude, have you watched her YouTube videos? Her Her YouTube videos? Yeah. What? Star, the girl that uh, is marrying him. Who, who, by the way, is, uh, she's like 28 or so? 28. And she's pretty attractive. She's she's pretty attractive, but she is gone, dude. She's just fucking gone. Yeah. Well, that makes more sense. You know. Um, Did you ever see Ben Stiller? uh, Not Ben Stiller. um, Bob Odenkirk on the Ben Stiller show. 
as Charles Manson? No. Oh, but in I the, love Bob in the ask ask Manson thing. Like it was an advice column that he would answer. I'll see if it's if it's on YouTube. I'll link to it over on our site. That's amazing. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. So Space Camp. There's some other stuff happening in space. Oh guys. yeah. Well, by the time this airs, uh, unfortunately, some of it will have already happened. Well, but, this is uh, a constantly changing story. If it's the one I think you're talking about. Sure. It looks looks like we landed on some sort of celestial body. Well, mm-hmm. That had already yeah, happened. I think at the last episode, there was a comet. The the uh, the Philae lander. Um, but there's some, uh, as of the last thing, as of the latest point at which we are recording, so the battery's run out now. The, the primary battery. The primary battery's run out. Which was intended to run out, but then be supplemented. Yeah, there's the solar panel, but the problem with the solar panel is when it landed, it bounced, and it's landed in a bit of a canyon. It's below a cliff where it's shielded from the sun. Oh, dear. So... <laughs> Having said that, at some point later on in its life, it is going to pass nearer the sun, at which point it might start to recharge enough to get some more data off it. Well, it's going to go but also, it's going to get. Yeah. But also, it's going to get really hot, and so there's going to be a point at which it's going to get too hot, and that'll kill it forever. So there might be a sweet spot during which it gets um, mm, the old Leica outro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if there's a sweet spot, possibly where we might get some more power out of it, but in the meantime. Here's the latest thing that might be completely untrue by the next by the time this episode goes out because sure. this is really fast moving. Uh, but they have detected organic molecules on the surface of the comet. Ooh! So carbon life. Contain- well, the building blocks of that life on comets. Why do we always say building blocks of life? Because it makes it easier to visualize as Legos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First, well, Lego. It's a brand name. Yeah. So you would say Lego bricks or Lego elements. Well, this is an you interesting say the Legos thing. of Don't life. Say, no, no, you can't say Legos of life. Here's right? the thing. In Britain, yeah, I just, I just did say Legos of life. All right, you want to come over here and not be a fucking bitch because it's, it's Lego. By the way, way more catchy than building blocks of life. Yeah. <laughs> Legos of life. NASA, get on that. Lego Maybe it's life. a proprietary thing. Yeah, but the, the way Earth panned out, we could say mega blocks of life. Mega blocks. <laughs> it's kind of shitty. The Lincoln logs of life. Duplo. Oh. The Duplo of life. <laughs> yeah, it's not that great. Here's the thing, though. In in Britain, Lego is only ever singular, and it would be called Lego pieces. But As it a, should be. But when I've come to America, a lot of Americans, and I assume this is a country thing, call Americans call the individual pieces Legos, but which together incorrect. make the game Lego. That's incorrect. The game Lego? Or the, the thing Lego. <laughs> the whatever the... Yeah, like if you build it, it's a Lego, but it, the pieces are Legos. But you would never pick up one piece and call it a Legos. That's a. Oh, my nephews always okay. make sure to Lego say. Lego has stopped sounding like a real word to me now. I, I, I lost my Lego brand piece. Can someone help me find it? Yes. Like my nephews are always very careful to. But, uh, your, but your nephews, let's face it, have like extreme Aspergers. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I lost my Lego brand piece. Well, it wouldn't even. It wouldn't even be called. It would be called um, uh, textured plastic building block. Yes, my, yes. T- my TV. Technically not plastic. It's fiberglass. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it's a fiberglass. Wait, oh. it's, there's no it's fiber. That was that was the big breakthrough. Was the 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 material? Because building blocks have been around. So uh, since we're getting the part, life. you'll see fibers in it. Like like when you crack uh, a Corvette. Like when you crack a Lego piece? <laughs> how, many, how often do well, you do that? Yeah, I was going to make a surfboard analogy, but I don't, no yeah. one surfs. But then I'm like, what? This car's made of fiberglass. Well, they're no Danish, right? right. They're, all right. Andy's family was so rich, uh, they used to just, when they christened a new boat, a Corvette on a throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for any Lego freaks out there, uh, if you want to get your Lego, if you want to get your Lego on, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me tell you how this works, right? Basically, all Lego is still made in Denmark, all right? So the further you get from Denmark, the more expensive it gets. So if you go to bricklinks.eu, 
All right, you can buy you can buy Lego sets that are like five hundred bucks in America for like fifty bucks from Poland. Whoa! And because it's you know way closer to Denmark. I went to a Lego convention one of the times I was in London. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did you meet any Top Gun guys? Any Lego guys? <laughs> and they sang to me. No. But it's an entire convention just for Legos. Like all sorts of stuff That's built out of Legos. Sweet. Yeah. You and have quit. you been to Legoland? I haven't been to Legoland yet. Uh, no, I've never been to Legoland. I think you should take your Aspergery nephews to Legoland. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jesse, I hate to uh, look up Wikipedia, but I trust them. And they said since 1963, Lego pieces have been manufactured from a strong, resilient plastic known as Acrylon Nitrile Butadiene Styrene ABS. Like as I said, of September tw- 2008. Like That's what I said. The engineers used the NX CAD CAM CAA PLM software suite to model the elements. Look. Andy, I know that I don't know everything. Okay? It's, it's probably science, right, okay? Right. Not science. So it's ABS plastic? Uh, according to Wikipedia. Can we look up the root of that? Because I thought the original fucking breakthrough was the easily, like, no adhesive needed, but it'll stay together. It'll it snap. has a tinsel strength. Yeah. But I mean, like, fiberglass, when you break it, has fibers sticking out. I was yeah. clearly wrong about the fiberglass yeah. thing. But I'm saying I thought the the breakthrough was, was the, the different kind of plastic. The different kind of plastic. Um, let me see if ABS was. So you're saying that maybe they even like invented this material to. Uh, okay, in, in 1958, the modern brick design was developed, and it took another five years to find the right material for it, which was that ABS polymer. And the modern Lego brick was patented in January of 1958. Okay. Okay. The Duplo line was introduced in 1969. Sure. Simple blocks which measure twice the width, height, and depth of standard Lego blocks and are aimed at younger slash dumber children. Yes. It does say dumber? No, I was editorializing. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, Wikipedia? (laughs) Lego has done some really weird sexist stuff to try to appeal to females more. Yeah. Like Um, big pink blocks? Well, like they did this thing called like clicks, Lego clicks, which it's like basically like Barbie land, but for Lego stuff. Like they're constantly trying to get that demographic. I I don't think they need to so much anymore. No, totally. The space Legos were my favorite. Right. When you saw the Lego movie and the one character's just like, space! That was me. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I don't know if you guys realize, but I'm kind of obsessed with space. (laughs) Wow. Well, you should, should, let's find out more about this comet, which is definitely an in-space thing. Yep. Sorry to derail, guys, with my misinformation about Lego. (laughs) Anyway, bricklinks.eu, though. Great site. Whatever the fuck it's made out of. So, do you know the the logo, the the motto of uh, Lego, Lego Group? No. What? It is det bitste er ikke for gut, which means roughly only the best is the best. Wow. <laughs> this is really that sounds final like, solution like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I know. Comments. Did, did comments. Hitler start Lego? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, where are we? So, carbon containing organics, which are the basis of life on Earth. Uh, and may give clues to chemical ingredients delivered to our planets early in its history. So this is a possible theory that some of the carbon, some of the carbon molecules that are on Earth and made life might have come from space. So the compounds Wait, didn't were, they definitely come from space? Not definitely. Still, oh, you mean like really they, didn't, they didn't start on Earth? That like yeah. Earth existed as a dead rock and then carbon exactly. Came, I see. Yeah, got it, so got that's got the theory. It. That's the so theory, everything. But everything obviously, Earth, yeah, like, Earth came from space. Aren't so we everything all came. stardust according We're all to stars. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I thought it was according or to Moby. David Bowie or yeah. whoever. Yeah. Um, or, uh, the compounds were picked up by a German-built instrument designed to sniff the comet's thin atmosphere. Wow. Other analyses suggest the comet's surface is largely water ice-covered with a thin dust layer. 
the European Space Agency craft touched down on the comet 67P. By the way, you'd thought they would have given it a more catchy name By since now. it's the yeah. only comet that we've ever landed Looks on. Looks like a rubber ducky. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe rubber ducky. There we go. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Rubber ducky. The would rubber be. ducky comet. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was a 10 year journey to get there. So Still do- using a Garmin GPS. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fred Goisman, principal investigator on the Cossack instrument, which made the organics detection, confirmed the find to BBC News. But he added the team are still trying to interpret the results. They may be interpreted by the time you be, you're hearing this. It has not been disclosed which molecules have been found or how complex they are. But the results are likely to provide insights into the possible role of comets in contributing to some of the chemical building blocks to the primordial mix from which life evolved on the early Earth. So you mean interpret the data? As opposed to what? I'm an idiot. Like, when you said, like, interpret the results, like, I just imagine the results being sent back, like, in Latin. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, for some reason, they just design it that way, and they're like, well, now we have to... We have to, un- we have to uncode it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. someone was just trying to choreograph a dance that, like, expressed how they felt about <laughs> yes. the Right, right. But- well, we were worried about other space agencies, like, <laughs> intercepting our results again. Yeah, yeah. First. They built an enigma. Oh, man. Uh... So, preliminary results from the Mupus instrument, which deployed a hammer Mupus. to the comet after Philae's landing, suggest there is a layer of dust 10 to 20 centimeters thick on the surface with very hard water ice underneath. Is it Matt Damon's planet from Interstellar? Uh, it may be. I haven't... Who's seen it? You, I've seen it. Seen, you haven't seen, seen it. Yeah. You're seen on it, a podcast called okay. Probably Science and you haven't seen Interstellar. No, but I have listened to all of Serial and you guys haven't listened to any, so... That's true, like, it has nothing to do with science. A, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to stay on top of so, some things, <laughs> pop culture-wise. Yeah, I, I will see it. I saw... I finally saw Birdman. Not science but also a must-see movie. Have no, you guys seen I, that yet? No, I haven't. I haven't I'm seen hoping it. the screeners get sent out for it's that. Awesome. I haven't seen that yet. Awesome. The screeners have been sent out. Have? Yeah, you don't have a Birdman screener? <gasps> I don't. don't fucking <laughs> Shut up. You haven't Jesus gotten a Birdman screener. Now you're just making me feel bad. We do have we get the screeners of the house. We have, uh, well, the, they're not my screeners, but we get them. Yeah, because of. Uh, we apparently just open because mail. Of the drunk guy in the pool house? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I was just sorting through his old VHS screeners that he's keeping from, like, the 80s. That's like, amazing. I, dude, I have, like, VHS I have, screeners. like,. I have 10 DVDs of No Country for Old Men. I don't even know how I got them. They sent out so many that year. I have like 12 of Les Mis. Really? Yeah, they sent me so many. I was like, I don't need any more Les Mis. It was the best of times. Oh, but isn't it like you meant to start them like all at slightly different times and then they interact? The Flaming Lips, Zyrica (laughs) thing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. The parking lot experiment. Um, So, uh, the ice will be frozen solid at temperatures encountered in the outer solar system. Mupus data suggests this layer has a tensile strength similar to sandstone. It is within a very broad spectrum of ice models. It was harder than expected at that location, but it is still within bounds, said Professor Mark McCorgrian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they pick some bounds. <laughs> the senior science advisor to ESA, or ESA, I don't know how you pronounce the letters. So do the, does the Philae lander have ice skates? Is it able to... No, it's stuck in a canyon. It's stuck yeah. in a canyon. What made it, life a lot easier if it had ice skates? Yeah, and also the um, the harpoon thing didn't deploy. Yeah. And did you see the, the video of like how it was supposed to work? No, I didn't. Yeah, there's a video, like a you know CG created, right, right. rendered video that of how it was supposed to work. And it was it's like crazy what they come up with on how to land these things. Because yeah. yeah, they're supposed to be like... Is it going to drill into the ground? To yeah, and then its feet would like do something. But it was also like... It had to get through to like land and then be shot off of a different piece and then yeah. at the right angle so it would have the right projection. You know, that whole thing. And all this it's is insane. happening at, was it eight times the speed of a bullet? Or was 40. It 30, four, 
Wow. And it all had to be automated within that. We didn't have like real time control of it. So it's just no, like they programmed it, like it to react. When we landed as on the Curiosity, landed yeah, on Mars, yeah. we were actually watching. We weren't even watching anything. We were just getting data sent back from something that happened technically eight minutes earlier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, how far away is this in terms of how, how long it takes things to transmit? Do we know? I don't know. Hang on. Well, doesn't it transmit at the speed of light, though? Yeah, but I'm saying it's far enough away that that's not like an instant thing. Like that's like the Mars rover, like you were saying, it, yeah, it was like seven or eight minutes lag. Actually, I think it was more like twenty, but I oh, thought we were like, like that, yeah. But I thought the light from the sun, speed of light from the sun to here is eight seconds. No, I think no. it's eight minutes. Eight I think minutes, you're right? Yeah. yeah, or it might be okay. six minutes. Okay. It's definitely in the minutes range. Yeah. It's in the minutes range. Okay. So yeah, uh, because it's it's. It, 186,000 miles per second. So that's like going from here to the moon Look, in a man, second. Man, don't try to throw me off with your numbers. <laughs> right. So the, the comet is 317 million miles, which is 510 million kilometers. Yeah, it's Earth. not that bad. You know? Is it? Where is it? Like, is it near another planet or is it outside of our... It's like in space. It's up there. It's like in space. Space! Somewhere. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't wait till they have enough information to just do like a... And like a pretty decent recreation of what the landing was like with some kind of CG thing to see because it bounced yeah. three times. I can't quite picture how that um, looks exactly. Light takes twenty eight like minutes. Film. Twenty eight yeah. minutes from su- the sun? No, no, from uh, the comet. Oh, from wow! The comet. From oh, so twenty eight minutes past the sun. Yeah, so it's a good, <laughs> almost half an hour to travel uh, to send a signal to the comet and back. That's crazy. Were you following any of the uh, missions, various parts on Twitter because they all had their own like individual personalities? Like not only the whole mission, but for then the, the comet lander or itself. For, yeah, yeah for the, I didn't know whether yeah. I liked that or not. It like was the, a bit annoying in yeah, a way because each of the instruments had their own Twitter handle, so they would reference each other and be like, "Thanks for the lift, Rosetta." Like is what Philae oh, is saying. Oh, that's so as funny. Well, like because they had from, so much success with the Curiosity landing and social media right, that yeah, I'm yeah. sure they were like, well, "We got to do it for everything." Yeah. yeah, I'm not against it. I just think yeah. it's funny how how they decided which things deserve their own subdivision right. of, of Twitter and profiles. Who, hey, man, personalities are. Who gets to run those? Hey, can I buy a beer? What do you do, man? I run a probe's twitter feed <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but not the whole probe um i run the the periscope yeah they have periscopes right the, well they have yes. sniffer things apparently they have sniffer yeah. things so they have sniffer things yeah so the analysis suggests um the comet is largely uh water ice uh it's got this hardness that they're a little bit worried about or they're not sure about but it's within the range uh, let me find what the, range within within the predetermined ranges. They're playing with mathematical models of pure water ice mixed with certain amounts of dust, is what they say. It says you can't rule out it being rock, but if you look at the global story, we know the overall density of the comet is 0.4 grams per cubic centimeter. There is no way the thing's made of rock. It's more likely there's sintered ice at the I surface. I don't know what sintered means. means. I'm going to look it up. Well, it's uh, made of with more porous materials. Lower down that hasn't been exposed to the sun in the same way. Sintered in, sintered in geology is a hard uh, siliceous or calcareous deposit precipitated from mineral springs. Okay, answered. Um, sort of. After bouncing off the surface at least twice, it came to a stop in some sort of high-walled trap. The, it's a trap. So they said the fact is that we what they land- said? yeah. Yeah. The yeah. fact we landed up against something may be actually in our favor, says Professor McCrean. If we landed on the main surface, the dust layer may have been even thicker, and it's possible we might not have gone down to the ice. Oh, we would have just slipped right off. Yeah. So the original plan was to drill this sample of the soil and analyze it, but the it looks like no soil actually got delivered to the instrument. It looks like they couldn't. the drill didn't actually get pick it up. 
but they have managed Fucking to get at these losers. samples off of the off of the atmosphere and off of when it landed. It's amazing how scientifically accurate glam rock was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, go on, Jesse. Well, I just mean like like you're saying like we're all stardust. Like you say stuff like that and it sounds really spacey, but then it's like that's just shit T-Rex sang about and it's true. Like I could imagine like like just a comet made of ice can't get the soil. Like Guys, be, be on board with me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm on board. I thought you had like a longer, like fleshed out thing about fleshed about. out. No, none of this no, is okay, fleshed no, out. I like it. I like. I mean, yes, yes. Everything. I come to the table, brain dead, bro. Everything Bruh. in any '70s pop song was <laughs> scientifically correct. Hey, totally scientific. Speaking of which, guys, um, you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of songs about various things. Songs that you can hear. True statement. Songs you can hear. Obviously, songs you can hear. It's one of the um, best kind of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also things you can see in the world. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. you could look at. Things you can look at. But some colors, obviously, you see more oh, than you were going colors. Different, okay, I was trying to lead you somewhere else. Oh, you're trying to... We can go your direction. No, no, no. no. I was Let's just curious if we were on the same... Go for it. Uh, did you guys know that it's really rare for animals to be blue? And, I, and for various reasons, did you guys know? Now that I think about it, I the most blue, bluebirds, blue things I can think of. When I picture a blue thing, it's like an alien in a movie, right? Usually, yeah, or bluebirds, blue yes. Or but, but blue, blue or butterflies, blue foods, fairly rare. Blue, really? Yes. Blueberries. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's just <laughs> you keep Allison. You're, you're <laughs> correct. You're nothing but you're nothing if not. <laughs> no, you are totally keep correct. Going, I got this. No, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. They're, fuck you, science. Yeah, I'm on no, this. They're they're in fact so rare that they all have blue in the name. You know what oh. I mean? Oh. Like, yeah, we don't call strawberries red berries. Right. Yeah. And because, it also yeah. is a fact that the reason, the fact that there are so very few yourself. blue f- <laughs> <laughs> the fact that there are very few blue foods is the reason why the band-aids that restaurants tend to carry are blue. What? Oh, that's you, interesting. The band-aids? Yeah, yeah. like the, the plasters, the medical plasters that you have band-aids. in... Medical yeah. plasters. If you cut yourself weird. in a kitchen, you normally yes. get a blue plaster. And the reason for that is that it stands out in food. So if it comes off... Oh. It looks it's very oh, obvious oh, oh, in contrast okay. to the food. Mm. Oh wow. I did not know that. That's interesting. Wow. Well, I really wish the cooks at uh, Norm's Diner would dye their pubes blue cuz that's a fucking nightmare. Um, <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Norm's Diner. Yeah. Norm's Diner. Their, for the their, slogan, their slogan is the we never close. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. They know you're fucked. <laughs> it's, Where else are you going to go? Uh, we got you. Um <laughs> So, guys, until about 600 million years ago, seeing colors didn't matter so much to Earth's inhabitants because nobody had eyes. Oh. You know? Wasn't even a thing. Before the eye evolved, uh, you just wouldn't have seen what was there, says Andrew Parker, a biologist at London's Natural History Museum who studies the evolution of color. Simple animals back then, they just sort of floated around, you know? Uh, They were aware of sunlight. They, they had that going on, but they didn't have uh, any of the biological bits and pieces needed to perceive color. Then, as Parker says, something really big happened. A predator that could swim quickly evolved vision. The predator probably looked something like a big shrimp, and now it had eyeballs, compound eyes like the ones that flies have. That's when color kicked off, Parker says. Uh, suddenly, color could serve as a beacon, alerting predators to tasty food. If you were a worm or a juicy slime blob of a thing... Like the very scientific, this guy. Yeah. Like the soft-bodied ancestors of shrimp or beetles that bobbed around back then. My ancestors are also fairly soft-bodied. <laughs> um, uh, you stuck out in the murk because you just happened to be yellow or red. You'd be lunch. So red prey, for example, had to adapt by hanging out more often in red seaweed to hide, or by evolving in a way that took advantage of that red color to scare off the enemy. As time wore on, color became useful to animals trying to stay fit, well-fed, and sexy enough to get the cool girl or guy or shrimp thing. 
Millions of species and a few mass extinctions later, creatures with fins, fur, and feathers had developed ways to make every color uh, in the Pantone chart. A lot of the colors in plants and animals come from pigments, colored chemicals that, well, I, I think, <laughs> colored chemicals that absorb certain wavelengths of light. Duh. Right, right, <laughs> as is how color works. Uh, many pigments are useful in other ways. Granules of melanin, for example, help keep bird feathers strong and help protect human skin from the sun. Chlorophyll is a chemical that helps plants trap light for photosynthesis. It also makes them look green. Blah, fucking blah. When do we get to the blue point? Yes. I know. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. You're right. That is, I'm trying to get to the blue point. Because, uh, yeah, it's, it's just telling us. roundabout. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. All right, fuck you guys. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Take pink flamingos, for example. Baby flamingos are knobby-kneed, fluffy, and awkward. They're also light gray. The adults are pink only because they steal pigments called... shrimp. ...carotenoids from the foods they eat. Yeah. I learned that in Disney World. Yep. Yeah. Now that you say it, it does sound like a thing that I've heard. (laughs) Then I camp? (laughs) Are your parents sex addicts? What? They just make you you leave all the time? I went to Disney World with my parents. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Just every summer, <laughs> get her out of here. Good God, get her out of here. <laughs> um, okay, so carotenoids, a class of natural pigments, are abundant in plants where they play a role in photosynthesis. Uh, different ones make carrots orange and beets red and are responsible for the range of colors in autumn leaves. Flamingos pick them up from pigment-rich shrimp, crabs, and algae. Robins and cardinals get them from berries, blah, blah, blah. So that sort of color change uh, sometimes shows up in humans, too. If you eat way too many carrots and the whites of your eyes turn a little pink hue, that's the same process. Whoa! Eat pink, become pink. Eat red, become red. Sounds simple, but it's not that straightforward. As one tanning pill company found out the hard way in the 1980s, the pale people in the company's experiment stayed mostly pale, but developed red palms and red poop. <laughs> uh, you can't feed flamingos blueberries and turn them blue. Animals, it turns out, have a lot of those sorts of color limitations. Browns and grays appear frequently among birds, for example, and they can make yellow and red from pigments they get from food. But other colors, blue especially, there it is, are surprisingly tough for a bird's body to create via dietary pigments. The reason why is still a mystery. Blue is fascinating because the vast majority of animals are incapable of making it with pigments. In fact, of all Earth's inhabitants with backbones, not one is known to harbor blue pigment. What about a bluebird? Wait, wait, well, here wait. we go. Yeah. It says even some of the most brilliantly blue things in nature, like a peacock feather or a blue eye, don't contain a single speck of blue pigment. So how can they look so blue? Well, I'll tell you, Matt. It's Thanks, a good question. Jesse. It's a good question. I'm glad you posed it. Uh, they have evolved a new kind of optical technology, if you will, to create this color. It's a trick of structure. Blue morpho butterflies are great examples. Um, biologist Dan Babbitt keeps some around at the Smithsonian Museum. Uh, to study, and he says the butterflies have a six-inch wingspan. One side's a dull brown, the other is a vibrant, reflective blue. The butterflies have tiny, transparent structures on the surface of their wings that bounce light in just the white, right way to make them appear a vibrant blue that's so bright it almost hurts your eyes. They also have weird balls. But if you grind up the wings, the dust robbed of its reflective. But if you grind up the wings, the dust robbed of its reflective prism structures would just look gray or brown. Everywhere you look, organisms have been inventing different solutions for creating the same color. That's really weird. Just to stop that for a sec. So yeah, that's, that's weird, man. That's cr- so it, it gets, it's a trick of refraction rather than... So bluebirds aren't actually blue. Uh, or peacocks aren't actually Well, according blue. to this, no animals that have backbones that we think that we see as blue Birds have, have backbones, any... right? I'm not yes. crazy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so they all create, they all have different ways of creating the blue color. So in this case, so that, so that, but it's that butterfly's wing is blue. 
Or the sky is blue. Right. Yeah, exactly. Deal. So it isn't it isn't because it uh There's no pigment there. Yeah, it isn't because it absorbs pigment. It is the now water, I the go water grind does up some butterflies. Yeah. Well, we do Anybody that every else? Tuesday. Let's do right. butterfly <laughs> grind on Tuesday. You'll just have to wait. Yeah, <laughs> so there's no blue pigment in it at all. It's it just actually is Tuesday. Ooh. Oh, time to grind some. Probably science. Don't know. Never know what day it is. Montero says a lot of animals use different materials to get the same effect. Butterfly wings are sheathed in reflective scales made of uh, chitin? Chitin? I've heard yep. that before. How do we yep. pronounce it? I think it's chitin. Chitin? I'm not sure. Let's go with chitin. Yeah. Uh, that's the same stuff that makes a crab shell hard. And a 2012 study found that some birds use bubble-laced keratin. That's the same stuff human fingernails are made that of. That sounds fun. Yeah. Bubble-laced keratin. <laughs> Come mojito hour. Come yeah. get it. Um... Uh, so they use that in the barbs of their feathers. It scatters the light from the feather in a way that happens to look blue to humans. Having optical structures oh. like these to make yourself blue also solves a different challenge, going green. Green is a pigment that animals have really had a problem making, says Parker. That's unfortunate if you want to lurk on a green leafy planet, so some land animals dabble in a little color mixing. Like Mini- a lizard. Yeah. Yeah. Mini-, so- Mini green snakes and frogs, says Parker, actually are not green at all. They've evolved a yellow pigment and a blue structural color, and the two combined produce a green effect. Mm. When those snakes die, they turn from green to blue because the yellow pigments fade. But the structural color, created as the snake's scales scatter light, is practically immortal. Structural color isn't just a hack for making blue. It's also a hack for lasting through time. The best example might be a 50-million-year-old beetle carcass found in Germany in 1998 in a layer of dull brown and gray fossils. Even after millions of years underground, this particular beetle was still a brilliant metallic blue. That's wow. really cool. So that so those green snakes are it's they're has, lying. It has yellow pigment that yellow turns it yellow pigment. and then a blue blue, blue structure that scatters things. the light the yeah. the structure the surface scatters the light in a way that gives the blue bit and the blue and the yellow combine to make it green. Mm-hmm. So how do we make blue at all? Well, there right. are blue pigments, but I guess not, not in just animals. Just in animals. Oh, and okay. So blueberries, for example, would be yeah, contain some kind of blue, blue pigment. I guess I don't understand really because just what what seeing a color is. But I mean, is the, the fact refraction. That, well, it's but one of two things. You break it down, and, and that powder isn't blue. Does say that it's a different thing than just it's having the compound itself hold back certain wavelengths and let others out. Like so, what so what the way it basically works is. Okay, light white light contains a mixture of all the of, it's, it's, of the well, it's the three primary well, it's perfectly the whole, combined. It's the whole spectrum, which yeah. is the whole spectrum. Yes. Um, so as white light, oh, white light from my head to my tip. Yeah. White Bob Dylan. What is that? Yeah. Well, Lou Reed. I was going Lou Reed. Oh, uh, I don't know. Bob Underground. <laughs> people, not a, not a big white light, white heat. Great tune. So there are Get two different it. ways to make to make something appear a certain color. Uh, pigments, certain dyes, and whatever. When light hits them, absorb some of the spectrum. Yes, and the bits that don't get absorbed are, are the color see. are what you see, the color that it looks. Right. Uh, so that's one way, and that's what, for example, the yellow in that snake right. is doing. And the other way, and the eugenics. other way, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Matt, because I want to tell you guys. <laughs> so there's that, and then there's also the way, for example, there are, there are two different ways light can get bent and played around with refraction and uh, diffraction. Okay. And and that's what's going on here with these other animals. So, for example, if, if light shines through a prism and bounces off two surfaces, because it gets um, the violet end of the spectrum gets uh, diffracted. Is it diffracted? I'm not getting mixed up. Gets bent more well, as it goes through. Well, there's rare refraction as well. 
is a word I've heard. Rarefaction. <laughs> rarefaction. I have heard of this word. Rarefactions are the opposite of compressions in sound waves and air. Those are the like, yes, vacuums. But that also, yeah, rarefactions. Yes, but but rarefactions also happen with... There's no, uh, there's no R there. I mean, there's two R's, not three R's. Have you guys so ever gotten stoned and like had the conversation with other people? Like, what if what I see as blue yes, is what you see course. as red? Totally. Well, and, like, we saw through someone else's eyeballs, like the world would look like a negative. But they would Let's see write it. a shitty horror movie yeah. about it. <laughs> Well, I'm a I'm a Brit in America on a visa, so I've never heard of such drugs. But I've seen movies in which that kind of things happens. So, no, you've yeah. seen people take toots of jazz cigarettes. Yeah. I've I've heard of it. You've seen a toot. Happen? So diffraction jazz cigarettes. Yeah, I never heard that. It's before. a jazz cigarette. Yeah. Your little. Uh, you, I think Matt wants to finish a cannabis story. reefer stick. Yes, it's all good. So diffraction diffraction is where it goes through a gap or where like goes through a small gap and gets bent. Uh, refraction is where it goes into a. S- slower moving medium like going through glass like in a prism Uh, and as it does that the violet end of the spectrum gets bent more than the red end of the spectrum no shit so that's why as it goes through a prism as it bounces as it goes through twice it splits up into the into the rainbow effectively right Uh, a reading rainbow yeah and that's what's going on here so that's the other way you can make color is you can split the light the white light off into its constituent parts that's what's happening with the atmosphere, for example. But is that making color? Because wow. it's already there. Well, what it what isolating it, color? Iso- yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's it's making it so that you can you only Again, end up seeing I like one where of those you're going colors. there. And I think we should start setting up some programs to get the. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, by the way, this made me wonder how uh, the famous blue guy turned blue. If he actually, oh right, had oh yeah, because he Karasan. ate so much of that silver yeah. nitrate or something like that. Not Paul Carasan, uh, who died last year at the age of 62, unrelated to his blue mercury poisoning, right? No, that's not how he died. Uh, he had a heart attack. But um, he had a condition called argyria, which is caused by inappropriate exposure to chemical compounds of the element silver or to silver dust. Um, and it, the most dramatic symptom is that it turns your skin blue or bluish gray. And yeah, he was taking some kind of... Um, let me see if they named the exact compound he was taking. That uh, He was dubbed Papa Smurf because of white beard sure. and he's <laughs> totally blue. Um, th- there he is- became- Sorry, I forgot. Oh, uh, he shot to fame in 2008 when he appeared in the Today Show to talk about his condition. He'd been consuming yeah, some silver compound for more than 10 years to treat a bad case of dermatitis on his face, which I'm not sure if that uh, cleared would, up or would not. Would that have looked worse than being they totally yeah. blue? Um, he, to try to counteract the color change, he also claimed he had self-medicated doses of colloidal silver, a suspension of silver in a liquid base. Um Anyhow, yeah, this is not real uh, medicine. You shouldn't be doing that. But um, <laughs> great disclaimer, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Please don't turn blue due to this podcast. But like, as our listeners just had like had the spoonful of silver just an inch yeah. away from their yeah, mouths. Yeah. Oh, damn it! Wow. So commonly, um, these products, these uh, silver compounds, deposit as microscopic particles in the skin and affect a dark pigment. And that's what's known as argyria. Okay. So I'm not quite sure if that's technically if you're getting if if he's actually silver colored and not I don't know if this violates the rules of being able to produce blue pigment you know what I mean like I don't think it's a structural thing when uh, this guy ate well, all this Robin. right guys, but I mean it ends up looking a- blue it doesn't look silver his skin looks blue guys bring in a thousand watt kino okay we're also gonna need a good spot and some Fresnel lighting this guy's fucking blue yeah. <laughs> guys can we get can we get some backlighting this dude's fucking blue there is another there's another <laughs> this guy's all blue <laughs> there's another color story that I want to quickly get onto before we do other stuff sure. because this I just found on New Scientist uh, uh, brain training for synesthesia might be possible 
Uh, synesthesia being the condition where you mix up sensory information, so one common form of it is seeing... Oh, synesthesia. S- yeah, seeing colors. Yeah. Seeing, yeah, exactly, or seeing colors and seeing letters as different colors. Seeing le- Yes. Uh, yeah. That was the form that, for example, Richard Feynman, the physicist, Nobel Prize winning physicist and very good author, he had that, where okay. he would see mathematical formulae as different colors. That's so bizarre. It's so bizarre, but also apparently has an association with higher IQ. Uh, yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense. If you can picture formulae and if you can picture the way numbers combine as a picture, that mm-hmm. probably makes it easier for you to process that kind of a lot of yeah. a lot of otherwise abstract information. A lot of musicians, but like v- crazy virtuosic uh, mu- uh, musicians, like will oftentimes talk about just the shapes and colors of what they're doing. Right, as like seeing things, you know, instead of just doing the math, grinding the math on scales and stuff, mm-hmm. it's just you just see. I don't, and it's not even like pattern based. It's just blue block. You do your thing. I don't know. That kind of makes sense. So th- th- this course that they did in the study, by the end of the nine weeks course, most of the volunteers had the bizarre experience of seeing text in the real world on road signs, for example, take on certain hues. Hmm. The color immediately pops into my head, says a subject who appear- experienced some of the strongest effects. When I look at a sign, the whole world appears to be according to the training colors. Wait, so wait, say that again. The, the whole training colors. The tra- the colors that they trained with. So, so I'll, I'll tell you the study in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. So it says synesthesia is a rare condition that runs in families. It's traditionally been attributed to people's brains developing in such a way that the sensory signals get mixed up. So Tuesday might always evoke the color pink, for example, or the word tree might taste like popcorn. Uh, I want tree to taste like popcorn. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you could train yourself. Yeah. More recent research has also implicated early life experiences. For example, many people or some people with a letter color synesthesia have reported that their pairings match the color of a childhood alphabet puzzle or fridge magnets. So if it can be learned early on, what about in adulthood? Is this why I can only come if I eat gravy? Um, that's pro- Yeah, because you grew up in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is this synesthesia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, man. I'm getting so, answers today. <laughs> so two years ago, a group based in Amsterdam found they could induce some aspects of synesthesia by getting people to read books where some of the letters appeared in certain colors. This improved their scores on the Stroop test. Ah, uh, the Stroop test. Doesn't actually explain what the Stroop test is anywhere in this article. Well, everybody oh, knows great. the Stroop test. We can skip over that. It's a, a task where they had to name letters presented in different colors. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. However, their synesthetic ap- abilities stayed in the lab. They didn't see colored letters in real life. A group led by Daniel Bohr at the University of Sussex in Brighton wanted to find out what more intensive training could do. As well as using specially colored ebooks, they gave people daily half-hour training sessions to teach them 13 letter color associations using progressively harder tasks. As well as passing several lab tests of synesthesia, nine of the 14 volunteers reported they saw colored letters when they read ordinary black text to varying extents. Hmm. Many of the participants were seeing strong effects by week five, and some were seeing colored letters appear on a daily basis. Uh, they were excited to have these extra experiences. <laughs> I love scientific studies that just ruin someone's yeah. life. Yeah. Well, it says. It's also like great. Now, every time I see the letter A, it's red, no matter what yeah. color it actually is, right? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I wonder what. Yeah, I wonder what happened if that letter is actually in a real color, like on a road sign. Right. When I, whenever I pass a stop sign, um, I see it as collaborate and listen. Ah. Huh. I always see it as hammer time, but okay. yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, in the name of love, sometimes I see that. Unfortunately, their newfound prowess faded after training stopped. Three months later, all of the volunteers had lost their synesthesia. No! Pro- I know, probably because of all the black texts they read in real life. 
or in everyday life. Bohr thinks, um, although they still scored higher in the Stroop test than they had initially. Hmm. Bohr plans to repeat the work with adults learning a new language with a different alphabet, such as Hebrew. If they only ever read the language in the modified form, they shouldn't experience such detraining. Here is reasons. Oh, that's interesting. Have you guys ever done one of those things where um, it's the it's a bunch of colors written down, but like, in different. Oh, yeah. it's really hard. Oh, yeah. oh, it's really yes. fucking hard. Like the word green, but it's, it's in the red. color red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to read. There's the word. There's two different yeah. versions yeah. of it where they go like they first go say the color that it actually is and oh, then they yeah. say say the color that it's that is written mm-hmm. yeah it's really hard it's very tricky it's yeah. weird you know they color code parking garages because it's easier for people to remember colors than numbers oh, so if sense. you're going down you'd be like oh i parked on level three it's actually easier for remember to be like oh it was green i was on the green level that makes sense yeah. which again tallies with certain scientists who have synesthesia finding it easier to memorize formulae and it's always yeah. weird at like theme parks or something though where you're like where are you? It's like I'm in Daffy Duck, <laughs> parked yeah. in Daffy Land. You know, Daffy is like left at Goofy and right past. Yeah. You see, I always wondered about those characters because there seems like there would have been some interspecies sex happening. Right. You know, obviously, because sometimes I think Daffy for a while dated well, like a mouse. None of them wear pants, so I don't think them... any of them have junk. Well, I think they have junk, but but it just seems like we, that would be a... We think it's hidden by feathers? Or do you think they just fraught? Possibly some downy. Hidden by Downey. Huh. Well, I mean, like, uh, luckily it's, that's confined only to the, the cartoon, cartoon world. world. Of course, no real animals no, that's in never, world no, have species sex. Has sex. No. Yeah. Can you hold that thought for one second while I just tell you one last little fact about the yes. oh. learning to become a synesthete? Yeah. It might have an unexpected benefit uh, mm. because the volunteers in the study gained a whopping 12 points in IQ tests. Ooh. Unlike a control group who had no training. That's, How, that's a big jump in that's a it is. huge jump. Yeah. Ball says it might, however, be a general benefit of the intensive training with memory-related tasks rather than the synesthesia training per se. But it's very rare to report such a large IQ trump, uh, jump, so our suspicion is it's something to do with synesthesia. I thought IQs were supposed to be pretty, like... One test to another Pretty consistent. Static. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that yeah. supposed to be the thing about IQ tests? Because I like, thought it also, it doesn't matter. You can't matter. study for one. Yeah, you can't study. It's, it's, uh... But you, can, you can't study for one, but, oh, maybe... You have to know how to read the language to take the test. I, well, I guess you could take a, a like, an oral IQ test. Mm-hmm. I anyway. don't know. So, uh, we were talking about interspecies Well, no, I mean, it. speaking of the word oral, I just think that, guys, interspecies... Sex probably doesn't happen. I mean, that would be considered bestiality. Obviously, when well, my uncle Rudy had sex with a goat, he got charged with bestiality. Now, the same thing. So he wasn't forced to marry the goat because that's what happens sometimes. No, no, no. He wasn't forced to marry the goat. Um, the goat was a wedding gift, ironically, for his human life. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, luckily that. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Wait, I'm, this, I'm being this handed a paper. In. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. I'm being two handed... different listeners: Ben Amodio and Neil Aberdeen, both uh, actually. Oh. Wanted to let us know that this is bad news for Heidi Klum. Oh dear! Seal has been caught. <laughs> no. Oh no, seals! Seals yes, have been caught yes. having sex with penguins. Not seal. He, what? he doesn't. Seals. 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 I, I tell you, that's possible. Oh! <laughs> Picture. So oh my gosh! That poor penguin. Oh, it shows it right there. It's head. Oh, you know where its head is. It's down it's on the just ground. Using the whole penguin as like a dildo. No, as a uh. fleshlight. Is that a female seal that's or a male seal? seal. That's, that's a male, a male seal. seal. Okay. No, he's 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 backdoor in that penguin. Oh, I see. Okay. The penguin's head is on the ground. Yes. I, see. I was looking at. I thought that was the penguin. Oh, you feet. thought the penguin was shoved up in the. Yeah. We'll link to this over on probablyscience.com. So it seems that the Antarctic. That's maybe the a- one time it would smell like fish. 
Oh boy. Hey, that was an awesome joke, and I need everyone on board. I think I'm siding with the old boy on this one. Yeah. Oh what? boy. No oh boy. You're siding. Guys, it's a penguin. It's a seal. They're diets. It's funny. <laughs> You've proven your joke. We'll move on. So it seems. That <laughs> I said that's the one time since that, that that's my that's my unoffensive barrier. It's been scientifically proven the joke is no good. Uh, it seems that the Antarctic may be a hotspot for documenting disturbing animal sex acts. Many years ago, British explorer George Murray Levick caught Adelie penguins engaging in all sorts of debauchery such as necrophilia, sexual coercion, and sexual abuse of chicks. Necrophilia sexual abuse of chicks, babe. Hey, uh, I think it means that's baby that's uh, a yeah, 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 but it could also be uh, now but, scientists but they do drive the Corvette, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Cruising for chicks. Uh, now scientists have observed fur seals trying to have sex with penguins. While these observations may not be as shocking as what Levick documented, they're unusual nonetheless. This bizarre sexual behavior was actually first documented in 2006 when scientists spotted a fur seal trying to copulate with a king penguin on Marion Island, a remote and mostly barren island in the sub-Antarctic. Sure. At the time, the researchers speculated that the incident may have occurred because the seal was frustrated or sexually inexperienced. I just realized there's a video here. We are now playing oh, the video. No. It's ridiculous. Is this a snuff film? Do the penguins live? <laughs> and all the penguins are just like looking at him like, um, okay. Oh, man. When they came for the penguins, I said nothing because There's I wasn't. There's a seagull a... just chilling. That <laughs> seal is really going to town on that penguin, you guys. I mean, is he? I can't even tell. Like, he just looks like he's kind of like, what's up? Well, that's what it looks like. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know how you guys. Copulate? Yeah, I don't know how you guys copulate. Yeah, he's looking around. He's not. He seems kind of disinterested no, he's in, not, he's, in he's, the task He's, he's into it. He's, he's really, he's, he's kind of an exhibitionist, I guess, because, yeah, he wants I mean, do they know he was penguins. actually having sex with that penguin, or was he just sitting on him being like, I won? There's a rhythmic, <laughs> if you watch, if fast forward to the That's kind of what sex is. There's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. There's a, it's, a, it's rhythmic sitting. Yeah. Rhythmic sitting. Yeah. That's such a great parent explanation yeah. of, like, what we were doing. <laughs> Special hug. Yeah. <laughs> well, son, uh, we were rhythmically sitting. Yeah. So and that's why you're not going to have a sister. <laughs> why you're not going to have a sister? Wait, now. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> So, so at at the time, I guess these researchers speculated that the incident, uh, this is 2006, uh, may have occurred because the seal was frustrated or sexually inexperienced. Alternatively, they suggested <laughs> it could have been an act of aggression as the seal attempted to protect its territory, or simply could have been a playful act that turned sexual. Upon returning to the island to continue wildlife observations, that's kind of all of the options. Isn't yeah, it? that is all <laughs> of the options. Um, uh, it's Seal's like, just like fuck it. Let's try this. Yeah. You know. Or it could have been hoovering in the nude. Right, and right. Uh, upon returning to the island to continue wildlife observation, scientists observed the strange act a further three times, which took them by surprise, to say the least. Um, the penguins were asking Honestly, for it. I did not expect that follow-up sighting of a similar nature to that 2006 would ever be made again, said lead scientist Nico de Bruyne. Where is he from again? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Apparently Germany. Yeah. And certainly not on multiple occasions. As described in the journal Polar Biology, the team observed uh, young male Antarctic fur seals sexually coercing, which means uh, using force to achieve mating, king penguins on three separate occasions. The gender of the penguins was unknown, but they appeared to be in good health. All four acts observed so far seem to follow a similar pattern where the seal chases, captures, and then mounts the penguin. The seal then attempted to copulate with the penguin several times, with each effort lasting around five minutes. Wow. Of course, all of this harassment was tiring, so the seal would take a break in between attempts. A little rape nap? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like most birds, penguins... Do seals not eat penguins? No. Um, what are, I thought seals ate fish. Seals eat what fish. Eat, what eats penguins? Killer whales eat seals. Killer whales probably eat penguins, too. Pretty and sure penguins. they do. I bet. Yeah. 
have you seen that video where the, the whales together were like trying to rock this iceberg that I yes. think a bunch of penguins what? were on or maybe yeah. seals like they swam it's in, fucking crazy. In, in, in tandem two or three whales together to create this wave to like rock this it's brutal oh it's, yeah. that's brilliant it's, like, though. it's really brilliant yeah. you watch so they like, rock wow. the iceberg Fuck and yeah, then nature. The, everything just they slides slide off, off. Yeah. wow uh, like most birds, guys, penguins don't have external genitalia and instead possess an opening called a cloaca. Oh, I know about this. And it's like, uh, she's like a corkscrew or something. That's what it? chickens have because like uh, they, everything comes out of one, ho- like it's, a, it's yeah. a vent and like the two things, the reproductive tract and the digestive tract come together and it's one opening, mm-hmm. which is why eggs can give you... Which is why eggs are dirty. Yes. Because that's, so, that's the uh, hole that everything comes out of. Oh, yeah. So they mate by pressing these organs together in what's known as a cloacal kiss, in which the sperm is transferred to the female. It says, traumatically for the penguins, some of the seals were thought to have successfully penetrated the victim's cloacas during the act, as blood was observed around the area afterwards. Oh, seals do catch and consume penguins, but in all but one of the acts, the seal let the penguin go afterwards. Oh, my gosh. One of the seals actually ate the penguin ate after the penguin had afterwards. Sex with it. Hide that evidence. Yeah. This this is what I always thought was interesting about that uh, that horse uh, fucking case up in Washington. Oh, in Washington, yeah. I'm sorry, the what? Back in 2005, <laughs> this is a pretty big story. There Even were no in be- Washington. There was a sex farm. <laughs> there were there were no bestiality laws in Washington until this happened, and a guy got fucked to death by a horse. So they had to pass laws. Oh, we should have had this on the books as a oh, law. How does a horse even fuck you? Well, well, it'll get a boner brutally. And, yeah, <laughs> as it, it turns out, uh, it'll it perforates get a, your internal organs, and then oh, you, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, you ever hear the phrase like that guy's got a horse cock? Well, like it's literally true with horses. Yeah, but like that's <laughs> so, what I mean. That, isn't it too big to fit in places? That's why. He died. Well, that's isn't why that he how died. A minotaur was born. <laughs> yeah. That's how we got a minotaur. Was some princess so. had some sex guy, with some a guy, horse? Hey, someone lived. That was a bull, wasn't yeah. it? Someone wasn't lived through oh, the experience. Bull? Yeah. Wait, what's the horse pleasant. thing? There's a horse thing. Centaur though. is a horse. Centaur is one of them is top 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 man. The minotaur is centaur is top bull bottom top bull man is, mo- is minotaur. Right. Yeah. What's a what's a fawn then? A fawn bottom I goat, think goat top yeah. man. But it's different, right? Because it's only two goat a legs. A fawn is a centaur that has a flute. Yeah. If That's you a play point. a flute and well, you're a centaur, a then you're That's a fawn. What I'm saying is a different. No, no, no. I understand. But, but, but you're right. But the but I understand goat, they all have pan flutes. Okay. But 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 no, Jesse's right because goats and because because centaurs have two legs. Quadrupedal. Centaurs have four legs, whereas the fawns just have two. So fawn is less, a fawn is less of a goat than a centaur is a horse. Yes. Well, a centaur so it has like six limbs then. It still has the yeah. two people arms and the four horse yeah, legs. Yeah, so it, that's, yeah. but that's not a fair split. That's not a 50-50 no, split. People would say like horse. half man, half horse. Yeah. Not the case. That's two thirds horse, one third man. It's replacing a horse head with, yeah. a, with a human torso. Yes. It's not replacing yes. a head with a head. So it's, it's, like, probably, around, it's probably around two thirds horse, half man. That's so more than one. More than one. It's yeah. more yeah. than one thing. To, I'm starting to think this isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Although, what a way to go! If you, if you like, let's say you live on a farm, you have a horse, you love the horse. When it dies, get it taxidermied. Then, in your will, when I die, centaur time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Together, it's centaur time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going back to sex farms. Oh, it will. It will. But I mean, get, did they get, have sex with other animals on this farm? I don't think it was just a bunch of guys getting together to like talk about and uh, their mutual love of horses. And it's like Namblay. Like, like, could they have sex with other animals? I don't know. I don't think the main point of this was horses. If yeah. I remember correct. A friend of ours directed a movie about it called yeah. Zoo that I still haven't seen. Zoo yet, is fucked but, up. Uh, what? Like, I've I, heard he's kind of. It's kind of like a fair. It's not like it's demonizing these the people. It's. Uh, Rob, uh, a Seattle-based filmmaker. What's his name? I feel like a Shetland pony you could live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of animals you could fuck and live. But that's the point. <laughs> the, the law, 
the law is about like mistreatment of animals, but yeah. I'm like, if if we there are tons of animals that we kill and eat all the time, and I bet you if you ask these animals, would you rather have sex? Or, I don't think well, it's a would you rather. Since the horse was having sex with him as opposed right. to him having sex with the horse. That's the thing, and that the laws don't differentiate that, and it's well, kind of like as far it, it is wrong. It, like, it, it's disgusting. I'm not trying to say it's not disgusting, but like as far as the horse is concerned, he just got off and he's probably fine with did, it Rob like, DeVore yeah. is the name alright we'll yeah. did the horse get off though in that case I mean whatever either way the guy he, died and then he's just then you just have a thing stuck on your dick which is a man yeah I don't know well I mean they took him off because they dropped him off at the hospital and like left him there like oh, they man. just like threw him out of the car and drove off Ugh. so no one would know yeah as he was like bleeding Fucking out asshole. horrible stuff but still it's interesting like if these penguins had a choice between seal sex or getting eaten by a seal I bet the penguins would be like yeah I'll if they had a choice, but both suck. Well, I know they're they're both, they both suck. They're both awful. Like, I don't, you yeah. know. Yeah. I, just... uh, I get a story that might not go to bestiality or weird sex. Okay. Well, then Good. why are we talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's see. We we'll, might be able to twist did it. You, to did that. someone send the story in? Uh, I don't think so. People could send stories in if People you want. People can. You can always can send, send stories. stories How would you even do that? You could do that. Uh, you, you do that to snail mail, right? You send it to a, some sort of address? <laughs> well, you can, but you could also send it by emailing probobablyscience at gmail.com or tweeting us at probablyscience. We have both those things? Both mm-hmm. those things, and we have the links to both those on our webpage, probablyscience.com. You, you know what are, else is there? You're professionals. What's oh, yeah. there? What's on the webpage? Well, there's a donation button. Surely no one donates. There is a do- yeah, we've had donors. Um, no way. Do we have their oh, names? Yeah, we've got some. This is also going to be out of date because it's a while since. Right. Well, uh, I-, I checked my email today and I saw that there was a PayPal monthly payment that was discontinued, and I was like, oh, Aww. what did we do to piss off? Aww. Then I saw that she restarted it at double the original amount. Whoa. So- Caroline Mako. Caroline Lako. Thank Lako. you so much for doing thank that. You. Thank you, Caroline. Yeah. That was very, very kind of you. Yeah, I had exactly the same experience. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nice. So nice. thank you, Caroline. I don't know whether we've thanked um, Andrew uh, Milner yet. We might have. Oh, but I think we might matter. have done it on a previous episode. Doesn't matter. Thanks again, Andrew. Either way, thank yeah. you. That was very kind of you to donate. And thank you as well, Ivan Bateska. Who's our uh, uh, astro- our, our um, space friend who works on CubeSats. Space friend? Space friend. Space friend. Yeah. Oh, we have space friends. Space friends. He emailed us uh, with more information about CubeSats, which are these um, tiny modular things that you can send up in rockets, and then they have like a shorter lifespan than most satellites. They live for a few yeah. weeks or months, maybe before falling into mm-hmm. the atmosphere. But yeah. you can. Uh, Satellites are having sex with these things too. Yeah. Yeah. Happening. Yeah. Can I uh, tell you another fun space fact? Definitely. Yeah. It's not a fact. I mean, it's a fact of my life. It's not a space fact. But you know the Orion mission that's happening right now, which is these more like one manned. Um, it's almost like back to the Apollo missions. It's like shooting one dude up in a capsule and then like letting him fall back in the ocean and collecting him that way. Didn't know doing, this. Is yeah, this is like the next who's, thing. Who's doing this? NASA. Oh. It's like yeah. Oh. Oh. It's like the next, instead of sending up a whole shuttle, they're just doing these one-manned missions again. Um, and the first one, on the first launch, they've collected some like things from people to be like, you can send something up to space. I gave them one of my space camp pins. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so my it up? space camp pin is going to go to space. Are you going to get it back again yeah. afterwards? That's the plan. They can't guarantee nice. it, obviously, but the plan is to get it back. So. Surely that was expensive. My space camp pin? No, to, to have something sent. Yeah, they've like allotted X amount of weight uh, on the Orion to send some stuff I, up. Did you? How did you get? Oh, onto I didn't. That list, I didn't. I didn't pay for it. They like asked. You know me a guy. To do it. You know yeah. a space guy. Yeah. You've got guy. way more space connections than we do. My aunt works for JPL. My oh, aunt shit. worked on the Mar- the Mars rover. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Does she is she friends with uh, uh, Adam Seltznik? 
Yes. Yes. She does know him. He might be on our show at some point. Yeah. We, maybe, maybe I shouldn't him. jinx it by... Uh, I mean, you could have my aunt on the show. That'd be great. That'd be pretty She'd cool. Blow your mind. She like yes. sends me like emails about facts and I'm like, what? We like getting our yeah, minds she's blown. Yeah, pretty cool. Steltzner, not Steltznik. And Adam's a Steltzner. I know you meant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Uh, uh, if we, by the way, every so often we do miss or we forget to thank someone. We're a couple of episodes ahead at the moment. So if you don't hear yours for a couple of weeks, then that's why. But if yeah. you haven't, if you donated a while ago and we haven't thanked you, don't feel like you're in any way being rude by just going, what the fuck, guys? Because we have, that's Thank our mistake. <laughs> that's our mistake. So please do email in and let us know. Uh, if you're not able to donate, the other way you can hugely help us is just tell your friends, spread the word. We might have got to the bottom of the fact that we have a spike in German listeners. Uh, that came from a couple of people, but I think particularly Florian, thank you for that. Um, German, yeah. Totally. Sprechen Sie Deutsche. They do. That's you know more than that. Yeah. They appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> ich spiele Fußball. Mein Hut der hat Ecken. Ich um, gehe in Insta's Kino. <laughs> this is all I remember from taking five years of German. To, wie viel Uhr is this? You want to maybe poop on Wait, this? What, what, that's what not, time is that's it? That's just a German accent. It's not you a German. Want maybe show me the poop? You know, that's not how... Ge- you're just saying English with a yeah. German accent there. Yeah. Did I tell you guys I hitchhiked so, no, in Germany one time? I'm sorry, what? You hitchhiked in Germany? <laughs> I hitchhiked in Germany and, and someone taught me how to say, are, are you going to Munich and can I come with you to Munich? <laughs> okay. Fahren Sie nach München? Können Sie mich bitte mitnehmen nach München? So we'll see how good that is. The listeners will tell us if that's What's your favorite uh, German sitcom, Andy? Uh, Or German version of any... Yeah. I don't get it. Obviously, in Nicaragua, yeah. you'd meet someone. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm sorry. I, I, I made friends with a German tourist uh, when I was traveling in Nicaragua, and we became fast friends, and I would talk to him about his uh, pop culture exposure, and he doesn't really watch much television. He only sees things on his laptop, sometimes something like a Big Bang Theory, maybe um, Two and One Half Men. Yeah. <laughs> two and a Half Men is so popular yeah, outside yeah, of yeah, the yeah. U.S. It's like the number one TV show in Australia. But just like, Two yeah. and One two Half and Men one is just one so slightly one half men. <laughs> It's like the reality show about uh, you know the uh, the older brother, uh, the big brother. Uh, <laughs> the older brother. <laughs> um, so you can you can donate. You can also if you're shopping on Amazon, you can go through the link on our website Amazon. and we get a Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. It's spelled with an I. Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> yeah Amazon. Uh, so we get our little commission off that, and it really helps us out. Um, Don't forget when you're doing your holiday shopping. Yeah, yeah when you're doing your holiday shopping, and we're going to try and put a reading list on there as well, and a. And a DVD list of fun things that yeah we can link to sort of the albums of various past guests and oh it's true yeah Ooh. comedy albums and books and, and all sorts album? of things and no. just stuff that we like <laughs> yeah uh, so we'll we'll link to those and Casper yes, Hauser's Sky Mall is a must buy guys that's not science related but the funniest shit out there it's very good yeah and uh, yes we probably should. We yeah, should we time for one more story. Why are we doing hand signals to each other? <laughs> well we we just <laughs> we were gonna he was about to pitch me baseball oh got <laughs> so it I was gonna. Well, yeah, I think we have time for one more story. Yeah, let's this, get one this more story. Is, uh, this is something that was sent in by... One second. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Who was it? Uh, is Mark Justin via Twitter. Yeah, sent in this cool story about Harvard has cracked DNA storage. Nice. They've DNA crammed, storage? Yeah, they've crammed 700 terabytes of data into a single gram of DNA. So they're using DNA as a computer storage system, which effect, I guess effectively it is. A bioengineer and geneticist. I wonder how much uh, data we could store on Stu's keyboard. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> considerable amount. Should we talk about what happened what? this week with that? Or, no, we, we, she was the uh, other, other roommate. roommate. We have, we have a, the drunk. No, there's two. There's two. How many people live in this family? Four people. Four people total. Where are you hiding, Tony Hawk? No, we have four people total, and the other one is always having computer trouble. And he goes, Jesse. He's he's this old guy. He's a furniture salesman from Brooklyn. And he goes, Jesse, I need to uh, get a new keyboard because uh, this one's all covered in DNA. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so uh, I had to Maybe film. Maybe use a tissue. Uh, yeah, get a sneeze guard like at Subway. <laughs> I, had to, I had to film a, um, so I had to film, I was so filming this. hitting the keyboard? I don't you can hit the keyboard. He's an old man. Everyone's I, hit the I keyboard. Sort of impressive. impressive. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's Distances hit the Yeah, everyone's achieved. hit the keyboard. Yeah. I mean, On not a regular? No, it slows down as you get older. When I was a kid, when I was younger, I mean, you could, if you were laying on your back, you could go over your head. I mean, you could get headboard. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. like, really? Absolutely. Yeah, no, when I was 17, I could have hit a, like a keyboard in a nearby store. Also, but... <laughs> also and, we, and we've talked about this before, if really quick, pop an ice pack on the balls, crazy distance. Really? What? We, we haven't talked about this before. About this? We've absolutely discussed this. I learned this from friend of the show, Brett Hamill. If you... <laughs> Is this, does this have to do just because like the muscle contractions would yes. be stronger? So yeah, it's and it, it's just real quick muscle in, contraction, in volume crazy anything. pressure. Okay. I mean, you can you can like. Is there like a timing thing to this, like in Mario Kart, where you have to hit it in between <laughs> the like, second and third? Like. Well, it, it you and I forgot I failed to mention your uh, instead of instead of seminal fluid, it will be turtles, small oh, turtles. Okay. Yeah. Tiny <laughs> turtles. But I was in his uh, room filming the other day, and uh, anyway, with permission, with permission, and we could of course store a lot of data on his keyboard, but um. I was in there and had to had to someone had to fake being on the computer. The guy was filming like as if he's in an office. Um, so he's just tooling around on the internet, going to eBay stuff like that. And boy, that that browser history. Ooh. Yeah, it's just you want to like. There should be public service ads on TV explaining to all generations about incognito mode. Like everyone should know about yeah. this. Every it's age. How you everybody... need to buy plane tickets. Oh, I've heard Hello? that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we talked about that in the show. Yeah, I think we uh, saved a listener some money because otherwise yeah. it like. Uh, it remembers sees you coming back and is yeah. not going to lower the price because it wants to make you buy now or something. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, oh, this guy, this guy definitely needs to buy this ticket, so we better yeah. give him the higher one. Yeah. But um, if they wanted to store that data somewhere, the ticket data, yes, where would they do yeah. it? Well, here's what they've done: a bioengineer and geneticist at Harvard's Weiss Institute have su- it's have a good institute. Yeah. Uh, have successfully stored 5.5 petabits of data. I is it peta or peta bits? Is that a thousand uh, terra? Uh, I think it's, it's like it's peta. A gabillion. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, it's the one above yeah. terra. Uh, okay. So that's around 700... Quadrillion. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. around 700 terabytes in a single gram of DNA, smashing the previous DNA density record by a thousand times. Okay, why do we want to do this is my next question. Well, I guess so that in the future we can just send one child up into space <laughs> carrying all of human knowledge. Oh, all right. I mean, seriously, like, can we implant this stuff into the DNA and then implant it back into one of our bodies and make, like, all of a sudden we know Kung Fu? Like, I don't think, no, it's not, it's, it's, it's more like storing, it's more like using, um, an audio cassette tape to store binary info. It's not using the thing for its original purpose, but just using it as a data storage device. So pretty soon, instead of buying hard drives, we'll buy DNA drives. Yeah, just like a little mouse or something. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. The work. Instead of sperm banks, it's like... Yeah, give us your DNA so we can just save a lot of music off of our iTunes. Oh, sperm banks are a nightmare. The night deposit? Oh, my God. Just a fleshlight stuck in the wall. Gone down there. It's, uh... Go 
Come on, people. So, the work carried out by George Church and Sri Kosari basically treats DNA as just another digital storage device. Yeah, tickle Andy. Right? <laughs> so instead of binary data being encoded as magnetic regions on a hard drive platter, um, strands of DNA that store 96 bits are synthesized with each of the bases, TGAC, representing a binary value. So T and G are 1, and A and C are 0. Okay. Uh, to read the data stored in DNA, you simply sequence it, just as you are sequencing the human genome, and convert each of the TGAC ba- bases back into binary. I feel like Michael Caine could explain this to us. Uh, I mean, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand the point of it. Well, just that the, 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 density, that the density would be so much higher than anything yeah. else we're using right now. Instead of yeah. any massive chip, it's just a wafer. Well, here we go. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a why later on in this article. So scientists have been eyeing up DNA as a potential storage medium for a long time for three very good reasons. It's incredibly dense. Uh, you can store one bit per base, and a base is only a few atoms large. Uh, it's volumetric you can in a beaker rather than planar, a hard disk. And it is incredibly stable, uh, where other bleeding-edge storage mediums tend to be kept in sub-zero vacuums. Mm. DNA can survive for hundreds of thousands of years in a box in your garage. Mm. Or That's garage. There's definitely a lot of DNA yeah. in that yeah. garage. It is only with recent advances in microfluidics and lab, labs on a chip that synthesizing and sequencing DNA has become an everyday task, though. While it took years for the original Human Genome Project to analyze a single human genome, uh, some 3 billion DNA base pairs, modern lab equipment with microfluidic chips can do it in hours. Uh, Now, this isn't to say that Church and uh, Kazuri's DNA storage is fast, but it's fast enough for very long-term archival. Man. So just just think about it. Instead of the Library of Congress, we'll have the DNA of Congress. Yeah, Yeah. it says... um, one gram of DNA can store 700 terabytes of data. That's about 14,000 50 gigabyte Blu-ray discs wow. in a droplet of DNA that would fit on the tip of your pinky. I guess, oh, I, I guess this is where I'm getting confused is because how do we then read it off of that DNA? Is that what hasn't been... So no, that's, what, pop it on your that's the sequencing yeah. thing that they were talking about. Oh, uh, okay. So you it used to take forever. two of them as ones and two of them as zero. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the way... Right, but then what device do we have to actually oh, yeah. read that information like, off like of it? Like to unzip, that right, is, we can, unzip yeah. the DNA? That yeah, is the micro... We 14,000 Blu-rays on this, but we'll never be able to watch them because well, we don't have a way to right. read well, it. Well, no, yet. you can. That's the microfluidic chips. That's what that... So they sequence the DNA the same way they sequence the human genome. Yeah. They now do the. They can now do that in a matter of hours. So this is still slow. This isn't right. for a quick storage in the way that you do. Um, you'd say you do DNA or USB uh, stick. But if you wanted to store a huge amount of data in a small amount of space and be able to retrieve it at some point in the future, I feel like this is becoming Minority Report. Like just a person living in a vat of goo who can like tell <laughs> what's is, going well, is to this happen. organic DNA? It sounds like they synthesized it. Well, yeah. So it says they synthesize it and then they sequence it is the way of then reading it. So it still looks fluid, but this isn't like this isn't like a stem cell deal. So right. no. So to store the same kind of data on hard drives, which is the densest storage medium in use today, you'd need two hundred and thirty-three three terabit drives, wow. which weighs one hundred and fifty-one kilos. So in is the equivalent of one gram. Yeah. So they've they've stored around. Uh, 700 kilobytes of data in DNA and proceeded to make 70 billion copies. Uh, and it's uh, they did it of a book that the that church the George Church yeah. wrote. So he says that uh, jokingly says that makes his book the best selling book of all time because there are 70 <laughs> billion copies of. But that's 44 petabits petabytes rather of data stored. Hmm. So this is so it's only technically DNA. 
That's sort of a chip. No, it the is well, DNA. it's the structure of DNA, but they're using the um, the the T G A C bits of DNA effectively to represent either a one or a zero. Yes, but it's a well, new DNA. It's not like it's not like you can equate it to a creature. Or no, plant. no, it's it wouldn't. Not like be- they scraped skin off their own bodies and then they were like, "I'm gonna put." I'm no, they Mad Max on this. No, but they have synthesized a DNA. It is a DNA molecule, but it isn't a DNA molecule like a that human, would correspond. No, you, it, it doesn't correspond to anything but to an action. Correct. Yeah. So if you did replace somebody's useful DNA with this, it would just be a garbage person. Right. Not a garbage yeah. person who takes my, my garbage. But here's, you know, here's the movie. Garbage here's person. the. I mean, that's the movie plot, though. Man, is like just like some, five some of this DNA becomes well, sentient yeah. and and replicates, and then you have a giant info mo- yeah. info monster. My question is, why have they only done? it in binary when they have a basically a four yeah, I don't know. system yeah. I, I'm wondering why they by... yeah I, that's what I would have thought maybe they have a good reason but I would have thought rather than having T and G be, both being one and A and C both being zero you could have well it's still to break down to binary eventually right it, yeah, it'll have to then be converted to binary, but you could. I would have thought you could store double the amount of data like 01 and then 001 yeah, qu- uh, whatever, whatever like 01 and no, no, because uh, no matter what unless the size um, I can't. I can't explain this well. Uh, either way, like you've only got in any in any place that you have. Well, no, a binary number, but binary number, which computer code is basically one long binary number. Yes, that could easily be converted to base ten or base sixteen, or right. in this case, base, base four. four. But it still yeah. just has to be on or off on like electrical impulses to read it to break it down. Uh, I think it's going to end no, binary could, no matter what. No, because you could then read it as this base four number and then convert it to binary to com- uh, convert that number back to binary to make it into data. Uh, computer science uh, listeners, and I know we have a few. If you ha- if you can think of a good reason why, or maybe biological sciences, because maybe there's a biology reason why that's difficult. But if 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 I'm talking shit and there's no reason, and it would actually be difficult to do it in base four, uh, give us a shout. Oh, also, there was, on that subject as well, we had a computer scientist listener write in about, uh, there's a connect, uh, correction on the Tim Lee episode about why Russians were good at programming. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, yeah. we didn't really believe what, we, yeah, we, we, it was half that joking. was like a, that we was like ha- a funny, funny yeah. racism. We were half yeah. joking, but at the same time, there is a good reason, because, because we Tim don't was find like, Russians, Russians are sneaky. And we don't find Russian shifty <laughs> on the show. We do not find Russian shifty. But my, brother's, my brother's girlfriend is Russian, and she just helped me plan his surprise party, and I was telling her how good she was at it. And she's like, I'm, a, I'm Russian. I'm a spy. It's in my DNA. <laughs> I was like, you're amazing. <laughs> wow. See, Russians are shifty, and they put it to good use. So Rob said, the notion of Russians being good at programming due to a conniving nature born out of their government denying food and clothing is hilarious, but probably not entirely accurate. A less racist grandpa and more generally accepted explanation (laughs) in the computer science world is that the Russian prowess for software development was born out of lack of high-end hardware in the early days of computing. They couldn't get a hold of cutting-edge processors, memory, etc. during the communist days. They had to program more efficiently on the less powerful machines they had. So yes, it had to do with their communist government, but more about IBM not being able to do extensive business there and less to do with being conniving, although they totally are, he finishes. <laughs> so thank you, Rob, like Pi- you, Robert, Robert Halley. Uh, yeah, so that makes sense. If you, It could also just be their massive population. But that's probably also got something to do with it. You know but then I mean? if, you have, if, you, if you consistently have to program on very inefficient hardware... Then you probably get very, very good, good on it. programming efficiencies and economy. Sure. And this, what we were talking about in that episode, was how to come up with the most efficient programs to do 
the software trades instantaneously so you're beating out the other company because you're just going for that microsecond edge yeah in which case you probably want someone who's very good at getting the fastest program that's what my brother does is it really he works for goldman sachs and he's basically like a real-time computer programmer because he has to keep everything so up to date that their trades go in that millisecond faster than like you know jp morgan's or something well i was so he was just issued the russian yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i was was, uh, hearing recently as well they um now that they actually have the computers in the exchanges, everyone who has a computer there has the same length of cable, no matter connecting it to the main exchange. Oh, that's, and that's interesting. That's something that they pay for. It's legally mandated. So no matter where the cable is, whether it's whether whether your server is right next to the exchange or whether it's further back in the same room, it has the same length of cabling connecting to the two. Mm-hmm. So everything's instantaneous. So everything is on a fair ground. Yeah. It's fascinating that it really comes down to that. It's ridiculous, like right? Millions and millions of dollars are made or lost within a in half seconds. second. Yeah, yeah. Less. There's got to be. I mean, just someone's got to snip an inch off that cable. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. But they to- they totally. And there are companies that compete to uh, come up with the fastest data transfer between countries because right. different countries have different exchanges. Yeah. So if you can get a signal going from, and different cities have different exchanges. So if you can get a signal going from. New York to Chicago to London quicker, then you'll have a microsecond edge on your competitors, and then suddenly you'll earn billions, and they earn nothing. Wow. What a dumb species we are, yep. huh? <laughs> uh, Allison, what do you have coming up? What's going on? Uh, oh, I was about to say I'll be on Bones this week, but this is airing two weeks uh, from now or whatever. So, so I, I was on Bones a couple last weeks ago. Week. Yeah. 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 Hey, did you guys It'll enjoy on- Allison on Bones last week? Yeah. It'll that? be on Hulu and that kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. And you can gotcha. still, there's probably still time to tweet the makers of Bones and go, wow, I loved Allison's character on yeah, there. She should be on it more. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be... I guess I could I could come and back. how do people how do people find you how do people uh, follow me on Twitter at Allison Hayslip A L I S O N H A I S L I P done it already yeah. done also now on Instagram just joined like a month Ooh. and a half ago I can't do it same Go name Allison Hayslip yeah you don't do Instagram Jesse nah mm. why not it just seems I just don't need another thing man it seems like a nightmare that's how I felt and then someone took my name and like created like a dead Ooh. account and so I was like I'm never gonna join Instagram because I can't get my name and then people were kind of like dogging me about it and i was like okay maybe if i can actually get my name do you take a lot of pictures i mean i do i probably post like three or four pictures a week do you really not eat eggs yeah. what oh yeah i totally don't eat eggs you just really? found me on instagram yeah. yeah i hate eggs and people are like how do you not eat eggs i'm like i don't eat eggs or i don't drink coffee or and i don't drink coffee okay huh. yeah me and breakfast just don't really get along you're not a breakfast person <laughs> no. yeah oh you and damien fee have a pretty good thing going for breaking bad <laughs> oh yeah we need to work together on the morning after I know, that's isn't that awesome. great? That was our Halloween that's, episode. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, yeah. follow. I just quit, follow I just laid off the cheese. Oh, I would yeah. never do that. See, well, you know, each their own. Yeah. So, find Allison on Twitter. Find her on Instagram. Yeah. And don't find and your her blog at the as well. Your blog's on your website. Oh yeah, Post. you can check out AllisonHazelup.com as well. Everything's Excellent. up there. Uh, yeah. What gigs have you got coming up, Jess? You're going to be in the Northwest. Or, I don't know. Or you're the all dates over the place. here. I don't know uh, when this when this drops. Probably the first week of December. Okay, first week of December. So I was already at Comedy Works in Denver. Plug that. <laughs> uh, we did that. Uh, Kansas City. Dude, I don't know when this is coming out. <laughs> I think... Uh, just go to your website and find the dates. Yeah, do yeah. The, guys, just do the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna... I think you would have... By this time this episode comes out, you would have missed me in <laughs> Seattle and Portland, I think. I'm gonna be in London and nearby over the holidays. Yay! Uh, 
Yeah, I'll be in the southeast a lot for like all the holidays. So I'll be at all those clubs. Come, come do, uh, you know, come laugh at jokes. I'm going to be in. I think in, in South South End. I'm going to be doing a gig with Russell Kane and lots of other funny people on the 12th of December, and I will be fresh off a plane from from America. So if nice. you want to see me jet lagged and doing comedy, yes, go to that. That's a big theatre show, I think, and it'll be a lot of fun. And then some other gigs around London, and you can find me on Twitter and that kind of thing. You can follow Probably Science on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we're starting to post more of the stories that you guys tweet in, because we realize it's better to do that throughout the week rather than just when they when we drop the episodes. So we'll do that. As before, you can email us, probablyscience at gmail.com. Yeah. You can tweet us at Probably Science with any questions, comments, clarifications. We love your feedback. Uh, you can donate at probablyscience.com. You can also find the Amazon link there. And you can find links to our guests and the stories that we've covered on the website and all that kind I of thing. I forgot the website one more time. Uh, probablyscience.com. Oh, yeah, it's the name of the show. And then it's the, the name of the show. Then we popped it. .com in there. Yeah, yeah. we got it. Uh, so that's all the information. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Alison Hayslip, for Thank joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hey, it thanks was for having so fun. Thanks all for listening right, so to talk about Space, space Camp. Too yeah, much. that was awesome. <laughs> well, let's do this adult Space Camp next year, guys. Yeah. Let's resolve that it's happening. Reunion. All right. Yeah. Make it happen. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.